Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Informed Catholic Podcast. My name is Ned Jabbar. So this is going to be the third week of Easter. Obviously, we are in it already. So this is Friday, the third week of Easter, and I'm going to do the liturgical readings for this. This is going to be episode 75. So let's begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The entrance antiphon is taken from uh, Revelations chapter 5, verse 12. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and divinity and wisdom and strength and honor. Alleluia. And uh, the uh, penitence is going to start. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, and all the angels and saints and you, my brothers and sisters, to, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kyrie eleison, Christe eleison, Kyrie eleison. And the Gloria, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, Heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, Only Begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and the glory of God the Father, Amen. And uh, the prayer. Grant, we pray, Almighty God, that we who have come to know the grace of the Lord's resurrection may through the love of the Spirit ourselves rise to newness of life through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Our first reading is from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 9, verse 1 to 20. Acts of the Apostles, chapter 9 to 20. This man is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles. A reading from the Holy Acts of the Apostles. Saul, still breathing murderous threats against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, that if he should find any men or women who belong to the way, he might bring them back to Jerusalem in chains. On his journey, as he was nearing Damascus, a light from the sky suddenly flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He said, Who are you, sir? The reply came, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Now get up and go to the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, for they heard the voice but could see no one. Saul got up, from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. 
So they led him by the hand and brought him to Damascus. For three days he was unable to see, and he neither ate nor drank. There was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, he answered, Here I am, Lord. The Lord said to him, Get up and go to the street called Straight, and ask at the house of Judas for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is there praying, and in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias come in and lay hands on him, that he may regain his sight. But Ananias replied, Lord, I have heard from many sources about this man, what evil things he has done to your holy ones in Jerusalem. And here he, here he has authority from the chief priests to imprison all who call upon your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for this man is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before Gentiles and kings and children of Israel, and I will show him what he will have to do to suffer for many for my name. So Ananias went and entered the house, laying his hands on him. He said, Saul, my brother, the Lord has sent me, Jesus, who appeared to you on the way by which you came, that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately things like scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. He got up and was baptized, and when he had eaten, he recovered his strength. He stayed some days with the disciples in Damascus, and he began at once to proclaim Jesus in the synagogues, that he is the Son of God. Glory to you, O Lord. All right, so the responsorial psalm. It's a short one. <laughs> I guess I'm making up for the, uh, the, the long book of Acts. Uh, so let's begin. It's 117, Psalm 117, and there's only two verses to it. Um, so I'm going to combine the, uh, the two. The two uh, we got a choice between two verses, so I'm going to combine the Alleluia. Go out to all the world and tell the good news. Alleluia. Once more, go out to all the world and tell the good news. Alleluia. Go out to all the world and tell the good news. Alleluia. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Glorify him, all you people. Go out to all the world and tell the good news. Alleluia. For steadfast is his kindness towards us, and, and the fidelity of the Lord endures forever. Go out to all the world and tell the good news. Alleluia. The uh, Alleluia Antiphon is taken from uh, the Gospel of St. John, chapter 6, verse 56. Alleluia, Alleluia. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him, says the Lord. Alleluia, Alleluia. And uh, it's going to be from uh, the Gospel of St. John, chapter 6, verse 52 to 59. My flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. Glory to you, O Lord. 
The Jews quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life within you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him on the last day. For my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me and I have life because of the Father, so also the one who feeds on me will have life because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Unlike your ancestors who ate and still died, whoever eats this bread will live forever. These things he said while teaching in the synagogues in Capernaum. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So, uh, the first reading is from the Acts of the Apostles, obviously, um, and it's talking about the conversion of St. Paul, one of the greatest conversions if not the most important conversion. Paul was not the first Pharisee. We had St. Joseph of Arimathea and St. Nicodemus. Both of them were Pharisees. And I'm sure there were others. But Paul was different. Paul was, what makes Paul different is the fact that he was a scholar, a student of Gamaliel, and he was also one who persecuted the church. He really hunted down the church. I mean, look, he got a, a special written permission from the high priest to go to Damascus, to all the synagogues of Damascus, to hunt down anyone who was a follower of the way, a follower of Jesus of Nazareth, and to bring them back in chains. And of course, the saying used to be, you know, an old saying, um, knocked down from his high horse. The account, what makes it very interesting is that Paul, when he talks about his conversion, often the account, similar but always a little different, you know, talks about how the voice and telling him about, you know, how hard it is to kick against, against his, uh, you know, horse and how the men around him heard the voice, saw the light but didn't know who it was that was speaking. And the fact that he was blinded for three days, sort of like a pointing back to the, to the three days that Christ was in the tomb. But what it really is, is that Paul suddenly became a Christian. And suddenly he was hated by the authority in Jerusalem. He was wanted and hunted down. And then we have, of course, is the Eucharist. Paul himself started to be a defender of the faith and defender of the sacraments of Christ. What makes it interesting is this. The Lord says to him, why do you keep persecuting me? When Paul clearly says, it's not you I'm persecuting, it's those who follow the way 
I'm not persecuting you. But the question is, the answer is that Christ associates us with himself. We are his members of his body. We receive his body and blood. So we are married to him spiritually and physically. And that it would be part of the very foundation of Paul's theology. He'll be pondering that for many years until he starts writing uh, first, like in Corinthians. One of the most important thing is the Eucharist, the sacrament. And that will be, you know, the very foundation of Christian theology, especially within the church in the West and the church in the East. Protestants themselves will always find a way to talk around it because they don't have a liturgy, not at least a sacramental liturgy like in the church. And that's very important for us to understand that because when we receive the Eucharist, we are slowly molding our lives. We're also handing our lives over to be made divine through Christ. We are becoming as he is. But we don't, we don't know yet how it will be, but we know that we will be like him. And that's important because we're being fed the divine and we are also living in the divine and we will become as he is. Though we don't see it yet, we will be. And that is the whole purpose of our, of our, of our uh, faith is to be as he is now, we will be transformed. Paul will write that later on in the blink of an eye. And we will be with him. And that's important for us to remember that because that's why we need the sacraments. We need it. And this is where something else comes in. We have to be very careful because being in this lockdown, this particular church, this a church of accompaniment. And I'm not talking about the Church of Christ. I'm talking about of this Vatican II church. It's very dangerous being under lockdown because we're not receiving the sacraments. The, the authorities, this these men of Vatican II, have pretty much uh, weakened themselves by doing this. Because by putting us in lockdown, this will give the so-called Novus Ordo authority the idea that they can take it away. And remember, once you surrender something, it's very hard to get it back. The same thing with your civil rights. And there's a lot of talk now about Pope Francis and his pontificate uh, questioning about the traditional mass, about the Latin rite, uh, the trads, and also since the fact that these men have even come down hard on priests, even broadcasting the mass, even uh, going out, you know, not, not even just going out celebrating it without permission of the bishops, but coming, coming down on broadcasting the mass. A lot of these bishops surrendered really quick, and that is very dangerous. And now, of course, um, you know, we have this unfortunate 
thing that's happened in Rome where a Catholic priest, an Italian Catholic priest, obviously, uh, was celebrating mass and the authorities, the, the local authorities came down to tell him to stop. And no bishop came out to his defense. The Pope didn't even come out to his defense. Instead, we have Francis saying we should respect the authorities and, you know, surrender to them, have faith and surrender to them. That's not the way it's supposed to be, Holy Father. I'm sorry. Religious faith, practice of your religion publicly in your own country, wherever you are, is one of the most important freedoms. And unfortunately, now you see how here in this country, a lot of the governors are talking, some of these democratic democratic lawmakers are talking about sort of curtailing the, the Constitution because of this pandemic. Once you give up your right, once you give up your Bill of Rights, your constitutional rights, it's, you don't deserve them, according to Benjamin Franklin. To peaceably assemble the right of free speech, the right of expression, all right, the right to move around is something that is part of our liberties. And these, these people are desperate for power. All right, we Christians have been fighting since the time of the apostles for our right to worship. Okay, that's one of the biggest important things for everybody, including Jews, Christians, and Muslims, any other religion, to take away those rights, those liberties, is dangerous. To hand them over and to say we have to trust them? No, we don't trust them. We have to protect our right, our liberties, our freedom to worship, our freedom to meet. And these authorities do not get the, the right to take them away from us. Let's end it here within our Father and a Hail Mary. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless, and we'll meet together soon.